Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, a space for the spiritually curious to explore faith in new and meaningful ways. Open your heart and mind and journey with your host, Luke Bricker, into greater spiritual freedom. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, and we have a guest joining me today named Stephen Leapley. Is that right? That's correct. Stephen Leapley, and uh, we connected in the Instagram direct messages, and um, turns out he lives like right around the corner from me, you know, in uh, Vista, <laughs> California, and I'm here yeah. in Carlsbad, and uh, so we're joining here on Zoom to be safe and distanced, of course, and uh, have a good conversation about deconstruction, reconstruction, uh, what were some elements in, in his life as we can just learn from each other. I'm all about um, not only like lecture style learning, but also just hearing people's stories, seeing our story and the stories of others and, and seeing how all of that fits together. So Steven, thanks for uh, carving out a little time and having a chat with me, man. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Plus we're all kind of interconnected, aren't we? Yeah. You know, if we, if we think, if we think about it, like even, even if you have no spirituality or religiosity in you, um, there's elements. If you, if you just sit back and let, life just happen and kind of or not life happen but like just let let look at life around you as it happens you can you can notice yeah the interconnectedness of people so if you're yeah. really if you're really paying attention yes you know. i love that i love that and that's that is this man that is understand because funny enough talk about the interconnection you know we have a lot of overlap already you know talking yeah. about church affiliations here in the town and different friendships and um just so cool so cool to see how everything it's amazing how you zoom out and i love even talking this theologically with people is whenever you're so zoomed in everything looks so like fragmented and you know it looks like it's disconnected but the more you zoom out the more you begin to see oh okay the higher i go the more connectedness i see and that's even like with us like relationally it's like the farther out you go you're like oh like these people know these people and i know those yeah. and and that goes the same like for music like you're like wait a second this is kind of like that and the higher you zoom out the more you see everything come together you know yes that's like yes. here like in san diego like i i grew up in the midwest you know so it's like oh indiana is so far from california wait, wait you grew up in the midwest yeah so did I. No way. See, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Indiana, man. I was born in Miami, Florida. Okay. I grew up in, uh, on the south side of Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. So, yeah, man. But the higher you go, you're like, oh, wait a second. This is all on the same continent. You know, it's yep. everything yeah. shrinks down. Where'd you grow up? Um, kind of all over. I was born in Ohio. I lived in Indiana for five years. If in uh, Northern Indiana, so outside of South Bend, there's a town called Plymouth. Um, and then I moved to Michigan for a year, and then basically like fourth grade through high school was the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So I I am I'm like threaded through all of the Midwest. I feel yeah, like. man. Yeah. So you know all about the cold weather and shoveling your car and yes. you know. And now I'm climatized to San Diego. I've been, well, I mean, I've been here 20 plus years. So it's, I'm climatized now where if it goes below 70, I'm like, let me put on my parka. And, yep. and I'm like, what am I, what am I thinking? I remember my dad laughing at me one time. I'm like, I was talking to him one morning before I went to work some years back. 
and he's, I'm like, I'll be right back, dad. And I, this is before cell phones. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, and so I go back and he's like, what did you do? I'm like, I had to start the car to warm up. I'm like, you taught me that. He's like, how cold is it? I'm like, I was like 54. And he's like, <laughs> he's just laughing at me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> you know what though? People don't understand unless you're around here. Cause we've been here for almost five years and I'm totally accustomed. Like I've never been okay with the cold anyway, I think cause I was born in Miami. So I have that like tropic thing going on anyways. I don't know. I never got along with the cold. And so now it's like, yeah, below 60. I'm like, Oh man, boots. And like, like, like I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing like a, a flannel shirt. Cause I went out for breakfast with a guy earlier and I'm like, freezing you know we're like trying to find the sunlight and it's only 64 out i know (laughs) (laughs) so funny man so okay let's talk a little bit about your story and the the formation i'm curious these a lot of these conversations follow the flow of formation of faith uh the popular word is deconstruction or reevaluation or re rethinking of a faith uh and then what does it look like as that kind of begins to form into its new imagined uh, reality for us. So mm-hmm. when you were in the Midwest, what did that look like for you? Were you, did you grow up in a Christian home? Was that something that was um, around or, or not? I did. Um, I, you know, typical, like I, I grew up in a Wesleyan church, you know, that's okay. typical, oh, yeah. typical for Indiana Wesleyan, man. That's the- uh, yes, I have. I almost went there actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, and I have some friends that are still professors there, but uh, yeah, so I came out of that, that kind of background and, um, and, you know, very, very conservative. I grew up in the church. I was, I was probably considered a goody two shoes by, by most uh, means and ways through high school. Um, and then when I got, when I got out of high school, I went to, I joined the military and my first like weekend in, in boot camp um we were in a church service and it was like amen sir yes sir and it was very like very militaristic and and i was like screw this i'm out yeah. you know and it was like the it was the first time because it was the first time really that i had the the ability and the choice and i think we see that in almost every generation as soon as somebody turns 18 19 20 21 they go through i think that's like the first if you grow up in the church like you know that's the first you know, deconstruction, reconstruction that happens yeah. is, is, is really truly finding your own path and your own way and what you, and what you think. And so I walked away, I, I walked away from the church, but I didn't walk away from God. Although I, I'd say I walked away from it, from an active relationship. I would, you know, pray when I'm as trouble, you know, <laughs> right. That's right. You know, so, oh, God's so just, or for a good parking spot, you know? Yeah. So, so sober me up. I promise I won't drink again until yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and so um, I did that for some years and then I kind of came back, you know, I, I've kind of ebbed from my twenties. I really ebbed and flowed through, um, throughout uh, my belief system. I never wandered from it so I always had kind of this conservative mindset more more conservative mindset and then um uh, all my friends like when they were turning 30 so I'm 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 gonna share my age here so I'm 48 so <laughs> um uh, you're young still man turn- you're still young I know I know um I uh 
when I was 30, all my, all my friends were having like these nervous breakdowns at 30. And I was like, I was bound and determined not to have a nervous breakdown at 30. Like, I'm not going to do it. And I succeeded. I waited till I was 33. <laughs> <laughs> and then at, at, at 33, I mean, I, I was so off the deep end. I ended up in a, in a drug and alcohol rehab for seven months. Mm. And, um, and that, that was like part two of my, of, of my, of my formation of where, when I came out, um, I was so just didn't feel worthy of anything. And, um, and at the time I lost, it was on the verge of losing, losing my marriage and losing my kids. Um, and, and, um, through that process, like I, I fell in love with God again. Um, and so, so for the next, you know, for the next few years, like, again, that was, two, that was 2004. So there's some ebb and flow through, through that. And then, um, in 2011, um, my, my wife, you know, through, through a series of events, my wife and I were both ended up in seminary. So we were, we were seminary in San Diego, um, <laughs> and together it was, it was, which was super, super rad. And then our last, um, have you done, have you done much traveling through Southern California at all? Uh, yeah, decent amount. I, I'm, I like to get out quite a bit. Enneagram seven, if that makes sense to anybody. So I have to be like out and about and doing things all the time. So decently, nice. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so our last um, our last semester of seminary, um, my wife and I both had complete online courses, and so she's like, we just had our fourth baby at the time, and uh, and she was like, let's put everything into it into storage, buy this buy an RV and go travel. That sounds awesome. We're never going to have this time again. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. That's, that's great. <laughs> and, and I reluctant, I reluctantly went. Um, and, and, and so we, we did everything and, and we, we went to go travel and we ended up, we bought this old like class C, um, rig off of an old pastor that like hardly ever used it was like 26 years old had like 20,000 miles on it it was hilarious um and we and we did that for a couple months and and we had to come back because my sister was getting married she wanted me to we came back to san diego because my sister-in-law was getting married she wanted me to to officiate it and so we realized that those couple of months in in the, in that rv um Nobody, none of our kids wanted to get out. They just wanted to sit inside. And, and so we actually sold that and downgraded to a pop-up tent trailer. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Which was great because then it forced us outside. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and so we get back, we hop back in and our friend says, you gotta go, you gotta go visit Ojai. Ojai. And she was super like, like new agey kind of mystical alchemistic kind of kind of yeah. person and she's like it's beautiful the energy's great you know your family is is super you know super gypsy like anyway right now it's perfect for you so like okay well we'll we'll go we'll go visit it we pull in we're like we're gonna stay there for for two days and just check out the place and we ended up staying for two and a half years wow um, where was that at exactly that was ojai that's up in uh, Ventura County. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I uh, love that area. 
it has yeah it has a very um i think new age would be a good there it is very uh spiritually curious up there seemingly yes. yeah yes it's like um have you ever been to sedona yes okay oh, yeah. so it's like it's like it's it's it's, it's Ojai and Sedona are like sister cities. It's really, it really kind of is like, if you move Sedona to California, it would be Ojai. And if you move Ojai to Arizona, it would be Sedona. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was super spiritual and we were there and that, so we ended up spending our last semester of this fairly conservative based seminary in a spiritually diverse town. Mm-hmm. And as as gypsies, yeah, essentially, I love and so, that. And so, um, a couple of things really like hit me, hit us during that time. Like, we stopped going to church because we because we were seeing all this legalism that was coming that was coming through. And during this process, um, you know, we had we we're we we're sitting in a park. We had this group of people we used to do like community dinners in the park every week, and and we were sitting there and we had this, we're having this conversation, this one and, and ended up talking about Jesus. Some of this guy looks over, he's like, wait a minute, are you guys Christians? And we're like, yeah, is, is, is that a problem? And, and he's like, he's like, no, he goes, but like, you guys are the first people that never judge me for not being a Christian. Wow. And that was like an, that was like an eye opening thing for me. Um, because up until that point, I never really thought of, you know, I never thought of it in terms of like, I, I'd like to, I like to think that I was never like super judgmental. Mm-hmm. Although, although I, I laugh because I, I would, um, during that up, up until that point, like if I met somebody who didn't have a, um, or who had a different spiritual background than me or belief system than me, I would, I would talk to them and inside my literal thought process was, that's so great. When I, when, when I die and take my glass elevator tour of hell, I'll wave to you. (laughs) Like, like, so, so I was pretty judgmental. I just didn't realize it. It's usually how it goes, man. And justified in that. And, and when you're in that stage of life, you know? Yeah. But that comment really, really shattered my walls and Jesus became so radically alive to me. Yeah, that it wasn't about the church; it's about the relationship, and the church is an extension of that relationship. Um, and and but I really, from that point, that was 2011, 12. That really began to just break down my walls of religiosity, if you will, yeah. and and really, okay, really embrace the spiritual journey yeah. that I was on, and and get rid of of my of my judgments and really like when somebody had a different view viewpoint or belief system than me, I literally was like, tell me how you got there. Yeah. Show me, show, you know, like, like tell me your story, tell me your path. And we just began to talk. And, and it's from that point on, like in the last, in these last eight years, it's been an amazing journey of just of growth and, 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 and I'll hit walls, but now when I'm hitting walls, it's, I can stop and just go, okay, let me, let me step, you know, that big picture kind of look, right? Yeah. You know, now, yeah. now I really understand, you know, what, uh, was it, um, um, the whole, like, think, think uh, globally, act locally. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. I come back to that so much now because it's so true because it's like you have to act 
globally. You know, you have to take care of your family, so to speak. You have to, you know, spend that time invested into your tribe and in your community. At the same time, you have to be able to look at it from the bigger picture so you can see how you're connected, so, which makes it more authentic and it makes it more real. Um, because then you're then you able you're able to have compassion on people and you're able right. to to you know allow people to have compassion on you and, yeah. and it helps remove judgments and so um, and so that's been that's been like my journey since 2012 and then just this last year actually today I finished one complete year I read through um, the Oswald Chambers my utmost for his highest um, mm. devotional. Yeah, um, he, he was, and uh, I, I, I picked at it over the years, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool little thing here and there. But last last December, I picked it up, and I was like, I want to I want to check it out, and yeah. um, um, and I committed to doing it for a year. And so today was today was day three sixty five that I finished it. Oh, congratulations! And, uh, the finish line, the finish line, and it's and that had because he was like Oxford. England um, yeah. kind of theologian and um, you know in the what I think it was in the 30s mm-hmm. maybe a little bit less than that I can't remember now um, but um, but he he's got this really kind of hardline take of of Christianity but yet very very much 2020 spirituality based it's kind of really, it's really cool so it really yeah. helped me it really helped me take some of those like more conservative values yeah. in our, I'll even, I'll even go as far as to say judgmental values in, in some ways and, and really reframe them into what does it look like contextually and practically in today's day and age, you know, to where I can feel what I feel in my heart and still show up in a, in an authentic way. That's not demeaning to somebody else or judgmental. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm, I've, I've landed right now. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so your time um, when you were like outside of the church and all of that, do you feel like that that was just in general more of an exploratory time as you're like wrapping up seminary? Like, how are you seeing the seminary uh, going through those courses and seeing that happen? How did you see that in your real life experience as far as like sitting and eating dinner with those folks? Like, did you have any sort of friction with living learning what what you're learning and what you're living and that you know there was a little bit it was it was kind of interesting when when we sat down with our with our advisors first and said hey we want to stop going to church because all we see is this legalism um or you know we had we have a large family so so we're homeschoolers so we already have a we already had a community so our our kind of our our professor advisor already knew that we were invested. So it wasn't like we necessarily walked away from community. Um, and so he could right. see, he could also see that we were on this, on this journey. I mean, he was, he's in his seventies at the time. So, you know, he's, he's seen life. And so he, under, you know, kind of was like, helped us just almost, you know, encouraged us to, to walk that journey. Yeah. Um, because we, I, I remember doing our dissertations and it was like, you know what, what you write now is probably, you know, like, 50% of it you're going to leave behind in, in, you know, in the next two years anyway, you know, yeah. just because you're going to grow so much. And, and, and I've done that. It's kind of funny. Um, and I've kind of come back to some of them, but with a complete different spin. 
bought it. But uh, there was there was a lot of people who were like, how can you be in seminary? How can you call yourself a Christian if you don't go to church? And uh, yeah. um, well, I'm, okay. And uh, and so um, it was there was a there was a um, a time where I feel like there was like three or four months where we lost some friends and we really kind of just gave them the middle finger of yeah. like that's this is our journey and you know like like why are you judging us for for being on a journey and mm-hmm. you know it was whole like how can you call yourself a christian and not be in church and it was like why am i going to church why do you go to church well because we have to be in church every week that's not a reason to go to church right you know right. checking and it, it was really it was really the beginning of of, of eliminating the check in the box kind of lifestyle yeah. that, that we had up until then. And I think, I think that's, that is what has made us kind of where we're at today. Like is, is every, anytime there's a check in the box, I'm trying to remove that box. Yeah. 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 That's, it's really good. And that's a good, like sort of rubric, I think for a lot of people, because I think by nature, like, whatever it is, uh, I forget who wrote a book that referenced like the faithful soldier with like, we all have like a faithful soldier within us that will do things like regardless of what we actually think or feel or, you know, we're just like, this is what we do. This is who we are. And we're just faithful to that. Like a soldier, you know, would be, these are the orders that have been given, you know? And I think for so many people, why I see, I think some of the deconstruction movement, continuing because i i kind of thought that i was on the tail end of it for some reason i don't know i started this whole deconstruction thing like 2015 16 and then you know really went through a few years of that and then with spiritual nomad even i didn't do a whole bunch because that kind of identified a period of time where i was really searching and seeking you know and i'm like i'm kind of like you know growing in a different way now but trying to like re you know bring that into the thing but i think that deconstruction is continuing to blow up because people's boxes the faithful soldier within them they're realizing like why am i holding this post i don't know why i'm holding this post i'm just holding this post you know like i'm just going to church because we're, we're supposed to go right we're looking at each other like right right you know, confirmation bias right we're all supposed to be here right you know it's like and then you start to think outside of that a little bit and you're like oh i guess i don't really know where I got this, you know, idea from that I have to be this. Do I, do I really have to hold this post? Do I really have to check this box? And I think we're going to continue to see like this tidal wave of people exploring their faith in new ways for that simple reason within itself. The, the hard part, I think, for a lot of people is like what you're, you're touching on is being ostracized from community because you are having that revelation of like, oh, I don't have to just be a faithful soldier here. Um, yeah. How did, how, how was that with you and your wife? Sounds like she's pretty, um, adventurous, you know, and is okay with taking a little bit of heat. That's, I'm just putting two or two together, you know, but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, no, but she like, is. how did you guys handle that? You know what I mean? Like how, how was that? Did that press you further into trying to explore and, and see what it, what really is at the bottom of this whole thing for you? Um, it's it's funny um there's we we kind of we kind of but butt heads a little bit on this because she's definitely more adventurous and more um nomadic and more gypsy like than i am and uh and i'm you know when inside of our relationship it's more i'm more the follower piece and she's like i want to go here i'm like okay 
you know, I'll reluctantly go or six months later, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready. <laughs> she's like, well, I wanted to do that like six, six months ago. Or I'm, I'm on something else now. <laughs> so, um, but she's actually helped. She's helped me come out of my, of that almost that Midwestern shell of staying, trying to stay, um, stay inside the, the lines and stay inside the box, even though I'm trying to uncheck it or not, you yeah. know, and remove it, you know, there's still like that. That's, that's part of in the, in this last six months for me has been a, 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 more of a personal um, mindset flip in, in my own head as well. Not so much. Um, well, spiritually, but just like everything, right? my spirituality, my, my, uh, my, all my relationships, my business itself. Um, yeah. Everything is kind of going through, through a, a more deeper dive. I feel yeah. like I've taken um, and it's, and I'm blessed in, in that. And in, in the fact that 2020 has kind of pushed some of those things down to where it's almost created space for me to have that time. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, but, she, but yeah, my, my, my wife is definitely, she's like, I, if, if we get so we currently over the last almost three years and a half years three and a half wait three years um have lived in an rv so we're, wow. we're considered full we're considered full timers um we did a cross-country trip with it and uh we've been stationary for the last for the last two um two and a half years so it's it's kind of like it, it almost feels like a lie to call ourselves full timers, but theoretically, you know, we we are full timers. Um, um, we just happen to be stationary full timers. So right now, so, you guys are are doing the RV life just stationary. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. where are you at right now? I'm out of curiosity. Uh, we're in Vista. We actually um, the Green Oak Ranch. Um, okay. So you guys, I mean, do you have like a, like an office there that you work out of or like, how does, how does that work? Just a side note. I, I just, I'm, I'm really curious because my wife and I have seriously thought about some of that from time to time. So I'm like, how does it work? <laughs> if I could detour for a second. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so I don't have an office there. I, I work out of my couch. Um, nice. Yeah. We have a community room, and then like right now, I have a buddy who has who has a, a small business that I that I um, he lets me come in and work out of. So and so I, cool, and so that's that's been uh, that's been helpful um, for me because I'm you know there's I'm an only child, so and we have we have seven kids, and so you have seven kids. Yeah, well, you're, you're just like our buddy Pat, man. Yes. Yeah. Except I don't have all girls. I'm not. No. What? <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Um, seven kids in an RV. Yeah. Six of them live with us. Um, my, I have two adult, I, I have a two, two adult kids. One of them moved out cause he was going to go overseas and then COVID hit. So he moved back in um, and just has been kind of just trying to figure out where he's going and, and what he wants to do. But I have another one who actually lives in his van, um, and uh, following the family footsteps, man. <laughs> that's right. There, there's the legacy. You want a legacy? That's a legacy. I just like everybody. I got I have my nine year old who's like, 
Dad, when, when you guys are gone and, and dead, can I take out this couch and can I do this? <laughs> and I could sell this and I could have a smaller RV and then. <laughs> that is hysterical. That's hysterical. So you guys have been stationary. Sorry to, to detour. I just no. had to follow that rabbit trail for a second because that is amazing. Um, so you guys been station have been stationary and working through that uh, a lot of that piece of understanding community in a lot of ways and working through how has your theological process sort of unfolded over these past few years too the spiritual nomad podcast is a ministry of current collective church a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to holding space to experience the divine in healing and transformative ways that enable us to live into the fullness of a truly abundant life. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider a tax-deductible donation to support our ongoing effort to reimagine spiritual community. Visit thespiritualnomad.org/give to contribute today. Thank you for your support and partnership. Um, that's a, that's a great question. Honestly, um, there, there's been a, there's been a, a season of that where I felt super numb and just like, it's, it's just almost like spinning my wheels. And, um, and now like, I really, I'm really feeling kind of pulled back in. So, so when my wife and I went through seminary initially, our thought process is we're going to do something together in ministry yeah. and, uh, and, and that hasn't happened. And, and so we, that's been a, that's been a, a, uh, that's a good side story um, for, for over, over dinner and, and, and coffee. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, but um, it's, it, so that process is really kind of like, I'm at a point where, where I'm really diving deep into who I am as a man, who I am as a leader, who I am as, as a, as a, almost like as a Jesus freak and kind of coming out. 2020 has really, has really blown my mind over how much, how, how often I have fallen in line and just been like, this is how, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really kind of, I almost feel like, I almost feel like, so I would say when I came out of, of the rehab in 2004, 2005, I, I had a conversation with God and I was like, okay, show me the destination. God It's like, I don't work that way. You know that? Like, like, <laughs> right. I, like, like you, you know where the end result is. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to know what my end result is. And so he really, he was gracious enough to kind of show me where, where, where his plans are for me. Um, and, and I was like, sweet. And like a, like a, like a toddler child. It's like, I grabbed God's hand. I'm like, okay, God, let's go. This is where we're going. This is yeah. where I have to go. I'm going to take you there. And it's, and it's almost like he just led me and let me walk, walk him aimlessly for the last 15 years, you know, in some, in some fashion. And then a couple of times we just like, you know, as, as a good dad would just grab your hand when you're going to fall over the edge. And so you don't fall, but you're like, Whoa, um, yeah. And so I, I feel like 
theologically where I'm at right now is is really in becoming more in tune with with knowing where I'm knowing where God has me going, mm-hmm. but not focusing on that, focusing on the journey and being more present in the journey because I haven't been present for so long. Yeah, I feel that. And, and that is, that's been, I think, the biggest theological piece for me is is letting go of the destination and not worrying about how I'm going to get there. Just knowing, yeah. okay, that's where I'm going. And I think he allowed it for me because it, in the times where I felt in my deepest, darkest places where I felt like giving up, that was the hope that kept me going. And I was yeah. like, okay, if you got that for me, then then I would step out, go back to my big picture and yeah. go, okay, okay, I can see it. I can see, I can see I'm on a, I'm on a journey. Okay, cool. And then I would immediately go back into my, into my small life and forget that I even saw the big picture. Mm. And so now I'm really like I'm walking through through day by day, big picture and small picture simultaneously. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and and that has helped me become more and more present in my journey. And I'm I'm still in that process. Yeah. Which is which uh, and I don't know how long I'll be in that process. And right now I actually don't really care. Cause right. it's cause it's cause I'm learning how to take each day as it comes that you know i plan for my future but i'm but i'm living more presently versus before i was trying to live for the future totally and not and and just hitting those roadblocks getting there and going oh oh i have to take this detour and instead of just being present it's like driving right it's like right i know i I know i got to go from here to you know downtown san diego um and it's just like i'm just going to drive the 15 but you know it's there's 14 different accidents and you gotta, you know, it's like, and you're like, right. <laughs> and it's like, if you would just like, just sit there and not watch my, you know, and, and just watch each segment of the journey, then, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to follow the, and it's, and so it's been very, very freeing in a lot of ways in this last few months of just learning how to be present and mindful and yeah. be like, okay, God, what do you have for me today? Um, yeah. What, you know, what is, what does tomorrow look like that I can, that I need to be, you know, aware of and help me, help me just, you know, stay there for a, a small bit, but be more present and yeah. more, more mindful of what I'm doing today. And I think, you know, had we, have we not been living, you know, minimalism and just, you know, in, in the RV, I would be, I would completely be lost still. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. Yeah. How, what are some of the practices that you've developed? I think a big piece of like deconstruction, reconstruction has a lot to do with uh, like learning new practices and disciplines. And for, for those of us that are come from a Christian background or, or a history, you know, we sometimes get a knee jerk reaction out of the word, like saying disciple or discipleship, you know, some of us are like, Oh, that's the last thing I want to talk about. Somebody beat me in the head with the discipleship yeah. stick for years. And now I'm going to hear it now. And it, what I like about that is reframing it as like the root word uh, for disciple is also for discipline. You know, it's the same sort of the yeah. idea. And, you know, in a lot of other, as I've explored more Eastern religions and things like disciplines and practices are, are not unique to the Christian faith. I mean, any, any faith tradition yeah. has distinct disciplines and practices that help us enter in the deeper engagement with who we are, who God is, what that means for our world. 
and uh, for our, our effort, for our daily living. Uh, what are some of those practices that really have began to help ground you and shape you as you hold both like the, the, the future oriented mind and also the present mind? Mm, that's a great question. Um, in, in June, I stumbled across, I'm, I'm, some of my past careers have been military, yeah. med- medical, medicine. And so I've, I've come through this like massive world of acronyms. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so, and so I, I, I preference that because, because I'm an acronym junkie. If, if I can make an acronym or an acrostic out of something, I will absolutely do it. Hey, you I've know. listened to enough Rick Warren messages, so I'm an acronym <laughs> person too. So, <laughs> I, I, we're even doing that like with Advent. I'm like, we just went through peace last week, right? I'm like, okay, so here's the five elements of peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad is an acronym guy. So anyway, not to cut you off. Yes. No. no. <laughs> So, so anything, so I, I, so I make, I'm, I will make an acronym out of anything. My, my buddies, we joke all the time about, you know, like about how many acronyms I come up with and, uh, <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of, funny. it works. Anyway, it works. It works. That's why I use it. Cause it works. Yeah. And, who cares? and I can, re- and I can remember it. Um, yes. And, and so, and so there was a, there's this guy, not, he's not a Christian guy, but he's a, I'd say he's a Christian, but he's not a Christian. You know, it's like, it's like collective soul, right. Or switch foot. Like they're Christians, but they don't like necessarily go around with a Christian message, you know, completely. Anyway, um, I was digressing into music for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, and so there was there was this guy that I, that I follow a little bit. It, and I would see he was a he's a business coach and kind of a personal men's coach and 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 I'd watch a couple of things that he did and I was like, guy's kind of a jack, you know, just like yeah. like this like this super like macho masculine like I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to be a man by by taking you through like Navy SEAL training but you're not really Navy SEAL <laughs> um, but, but I'm gonna but I'm gonna do it and so kind of saw a couple things and just like you know whatever and then in our community room where we live, we have a, we have like a give and take library. And okay. so he, he wrote a, he wrote a book a few years ago. It's called warrior. And, and I have an acronym for warrior. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and so I, all I saw was the word warrior and I picked it up. I picked up the book and it's like, I mean, it's like a three inch thick book. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I picked it up. And I was like, Oh, it's that guy. I'm like, I'm like, all right. And so, I started reading it and I read that it's like 450 pages or something like that. And I read it in two days. What? Yeah. And it, it literally, as far as disciplines began to shift my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that, this is what I was thinking of when, when you had sent out that message and asked her DMS um, about coming on here was yeah. the one thing that, that he, that he, teaches is is his or his, his mantra i guess is is stop effing lying and start telling the truth mm. and it's like and like kids we all know that we all know we shouldn't lie we all know we should tell the truth right but yeah. really he began to he began to deconstruct my my mind on all of these stories that we tell ourselves mm. and all you know that that may be true may not be true some of them are you know it's like and, and just like 
all these things that we that we tell ourselves and, and the biggest liar we are is to ourselves yeah and yeah. so and so I, I he he has he has this um so i invested it after i read the book i invested in his program and been part of it for the last six months and he's got this process of 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 journaling every day that really it really has reduced the rage that i have in my mind um my mm. anger that i have outwardly um and, it, and he focuses around like he focuses around four elements you know your your body yourself um your your spiritual well-being your relationships and your business you know it's kind mm. of a four a four-pronged thing if you will and and that has that discipline of getting up every morning um and so when I came out of rehab for seven years straight, I read my Bible. Yeah. Um, I, did, I didn't miss a morning. Um, and about seven years in, it became a check in the box. Mm. So I, and, and so I went like up and down. But the, over the last few months, I've been back into this. It's not a check in the box anymore. I actually enjoy getting up and having a start. So I think one of the good disciplines for me is having a good morning routine. Yeah. before anybody before anybody else is because as as a man especially as you know i've got i've got you know eight mouths in my house yeah. to, that, I, that i'm responsible for and so um well nine including me but but, um, but there's small uh, army man yeah um you know but having having um a foundation and you know and you know the bible talks about how you know God's mercies are new every morning and really like when I wake up, like remembering that and setting that foundation of, okay, God, what do you have for me today? Helps me to be present in today and not just think in the future or get stuck in the past, but really help me walk through daily. And it's, and so I get up and now I'm not grabbing my phone. It's not the first thing I grab when I wake up in the morning anymore. I'm grabbing my Bible and grabbing my, my, well, I was up until today grabbing my chambers and I have to yeah. find, no, no, you know, and, and so, um, and so I have, I actually have a, a, an acronym for my Bible reading in the morning. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, so for years I was in, I was in the medical field. And so we have, they have a thing called personal protective equipment, which is PPE, which is your gloves, your, your, right. um, Mask. I think we've all become very familiar with that term now. <laughs> That's true. very, very true. I've been using it for 20 years. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a 2020 thing, yeah. but um, it's so, but in, in, uh, in the rehab that I went through every morning at like six in the morning, we would all sit around the fire pit before breakfast and we would read, we would take a Psalm and just read through a Psalm. And then we would, and then whatever the date was like today's the 14th. So, so we would, we would um, read Proverbs 14. So whatever the date you'd read that proverb for the day. Um, yeah. And then we would read, read Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 on, on the armor of God. And yeah. so that became our, my Psalms, my Proverbs, my Ephesians, which became my PPE. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and so, uh, um, and so that, you know, waking up in the morning and for years, you know, being in work and having to struggle with, being up late with the kids or early in the morning with the kids, then I have to get to work and not feeling like I had time. Um, the PPE was a thing for me to be able to just, you know, within 10 minutes, get some, some wisdom, get some worship, um, and get weaponized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it just, but it, it, it works for me. And, yeah. um, 
and and my kids do it too and, and even my my 21 year olds like when i he goes dad he goes when i read my pp it just feels so much better you know and it's and it's just kind of a good discipline to start the day off with yeah. and then um and then i've i've, I've realized that you know when, when paul talks about prayer praying without ceasing like there's there's opportunities for me to pray throughout the day and so i've yeah. really taken it really taken it to to when somebody comes to mind stop for a moment even if i'm not physically stopping like mm-hmm. you know like you know but to, but to mentally stop for a moment and just say a quick prayer for that person or to pray for each of my kids you know my wife throughout the day um at different times and I, so i don't have to i don't have to feel overwhelmed like oh my gosh i need to spend two hours in prayer every morning right um, there's some mornings i get that opportunity and i and i and i love those times but but just taking the discipline of of almost like it like taking those every thought captive yeah. talks about corinthians absolutely just like that when that happens take that captain and take that moment and just pray for the person um and god will bring people to mind when you need to be prayed for yeah and so yeah. That's, that's been it's been kind of a cool thing and honoring i think like I had a practice whenever I first moved to San Diego. I started working at a house of motorcycles in Vista, which is now Ride Now. It's right behind Costco off Emerald there. And uh, I started working there and I was introduced to uh, dealership hours, which coming from on staff at a church, I had no idea of working early in the morning to late at night and deals closing and staying late and whatever. And uh, I just began to feel spiritually dry. And it, what you said just reminded me that as an encouragement for people who are trying to find some sort of rhythmic practice in their life that don't have two hours in the morning. Um, but what I would do is like what you, whenever something would come to my mind, I would stop and do just like a, a one minute sort of meditation or a one minute prayer. And I developed this practice and wrote a blog about it years ago. I don't know what happened to it, but uh, about every time that I'd go to the bathroom and just like, you know, take a pee or whatever, I would not get out my phone and scroll on Instagram or anything. I would use that time because that's about a minute, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And I would have just a time of focused prayer or contemplation or just, you know, even just a a gathering around my mind around simply breathing and just being like, okay, I'm here. I'm here. I might not want to be here, but I'm I'm here. And it, it helps bring the fullness of, my being to this present moment. And I think that's what really all a lot of these spiritual practices are trying to do is just bring all of us to the here and to the now. Um, Like you said, there's nothing in the past, nothing in the future. What does it mean to encounter God right here, right now? In my case, it was, you know, in a public restroom at a motorcycle dealership, you know? Uh, And what's amazing is you do that in a repetition and an honor. and, And I completely had my mind, uh, flipped about rituals at that point. Cause I'm like, Oh, this has become my ritual. Uh, I I've almost like created the bathroom to be my sort of temple. You know what I mean? And like, it's like this sort of, you yeah. know, unorthodox way of creating an orthodox sort of thing in my life. And it really created that. Um, and I was like, cause I grew up in, you know, charismatic church where it's just, it's, you know, we don't have rites and rituals. I mean, we have our own rites and rituals, but they don't, they don't look super formal, you know? Um, but they're very flowy, aren't they? Very, very flowy. And like, we have our rituals of like, even like, you know, baby dedications, we had our way of doing it, which by definition is a ritual or whatever. But as far as some sort of like creating sacredness in a quote, secular space, like I realized the value of the person who maybe would have a rosary with them 
you know, at their job. Oh, okay. Now I understand what they're doing. You know, yeah. I just happen to be once again, whimsical and unorthodox, like a urinal, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it was in that same and way of, 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 you know, habitual practice to encounter yeah. God. Um, so I'm curious too, and as we wrap up, um, what would be some of the things that you might say a couple things if you have an acronym i'd love to hear it uh but like <laughs> what what are the someone who maybe is going through a deconstruction or re reevaluation of faith and they're just beginning to try to understand what does a a reimagined faith look like for my life like what would be a, a word of wisdom through some of those times that you've been through to someone who's in that stage of you know liminality right now i think uh Honestly, I think um, if you if you're already a somebody who consider yourself a believer um, and you're struggling in that, um, I go I go back and I share I share the PPE with with everybody. Um, this you know read read a psalm a day. Start at one, and you get to one fifty. You know get to one nineteen, and you know there's what twenty or there's nineteen sections of one nineteen. So sometimes yeah. those take me nineteen days, and I'll just read a, you know six eight verses a day. Um, you know, unless I have the time, you know, if, 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 if Psalm 119 hits me on a day that I have time, I'll read the whole thing. Yeah. If it doesn't, then I'll just, I'll just break them down into smaller, break it because it's already broken into small sections anyway. But, but if, but reading, reading a Psalms a day, reading a proverb for the date and then reading Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, um, really has just that piece has helped focus me at a time. And then it's almost like that becomes a habit yeah, or it has become a habit to where now I'm able to branch out and I don't feel bad if I don't do it. And, and I feel more blessed if I have more time and, and it helps me see where my time goes. So, I mean, honestly, that's, that would be the, the number one thing that, that I, that I would say help has helped me mm -hmm. just, just stop while still moving forward. Yeah. What about someone, what would you maybe a uh, word of wisdom? Like if that, the season of time that you were in, maybe away from church, if you were, well, you're in seminary, but like, if someone's like, you know, I just can't, I just don't feel like I can get into my Bible right now. I just, I, I'm really unsure about anything. I don't even know uh, really who I am anymore right now. Do you have any words of the wise for any season of time that you experienced anything like that? Um, I laugh because my wife and I argue argue about this about Bible reading all the time. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's because she doesn't read hers very much, um, yeah. and it's been. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she's super spiritual. Um, I think. I think um, acknowledging where you're at is a huge stepping stone to begin with, um, mm -hmm. because when we don't acknowledge that then we start to feel guilt we start to feel shame and then we feel like oh i can't go back into this or i can't you know god doesn't love me or you know and so it takes us down this rabbit trail of, of negativity yeah um, so i think i think for somebody who doesn't feel like they can or is not there just just simply like having that internal conversation with god yeah like, okay you know god show yourself to me make yourself real show me where i can where I, where I have time. Yeah. And, and I think when, when we call out to God in that realness and in that raw rawness, 
he answers and he and 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 will eventually you know sometimes it's a moment sometimes it's a day sometimes it's a year but he will he will show up in a way that you can feel the presence and you feel like okay yeah. i can I, I can engage this and i think just just being honest with ourselves mm. is a great place to start that's really good man that's really good well man thank you so much for for carving out some time and jumping on and having a chat with me and i think for a lot of people we have i got listeners from a lot of different areas of the spectrum and i think this is going to be beneficial uh, for folks so thank you so much Stephen, for carving out some time and hey, chatting welcome. with me and any yeah any other uh parting things do you have anything that you want to um like i'm not sure for your business i'm not sure if that's anything at all i just like to give people an opportunity is there anything you want to promote or, or draw attention to in any way uh i hate doing that <laughs> no no pressure <laughs> not, to but, but, no uh, I, um you know what you got you got my name on there so i'm i'm all over the socials with my name um so I, I'm, you know, by trade, I'm right now, I'm a copywriter, ghostwriter. So uh, that's, that's what I do to earn money and be able to stay at home. Nice. And, and uh, which is fun. I, I love doing that. And I'm, I'm finally getting around to writing my books, which is, which is the end, that end goal that we yeah. talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so 2021, I'm, I'm looking at pulling back, uh, pulling back and, and going some, some more in depth with uh, some coaching that I've done in the past cool. and really, really making it a thing. So, um, but you know, if, if you see my name, want to reach out. Um, um, yeah, I'm across all the socials with my name. Sweet, sweet, man. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Luke. Thank you for listening to the spiritual nomad podcast. As always, we would love for you to subscribe, leave a review, and share this channel with a friend. If you would like to financially support the Spiritual Nomad Project, visit thespiritualnomad.org give. To contact Luke, you can email him directly, luke at thespiritualnomad.org, or send a direct message on Instagram. Until next time, grace, peace, and love.